awesome is it to praise God? Right? I mean, that is why we're here. Amen? That is why we're here. And I just felt that if, if you are new with us today, we want to welcome you and thank you for coming. If you are a junior high uh, present in this room, thank you so much for worshiping with us. Uh, you guys can go ahead to your class right now. If you're in junior high, you can go ahead to your class, hang out with Pastor Sam and our junior high crew. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Church, wow. Wow. If you're new with us again, thank you. Welcome. If you're joining us online, uh, welcome to Life Center Canada, a place where God's Spirit is resting and, and He is just present with us each and every Sunday. Uh, as we started January, we began 21 days of prayer and fasting. We do this each and every year as a church. This is my first time uh, doing it with the Canada family, and it has been a blast. It's been hard. It's been a struggle, right? There's a lot of times where I'm looking at that thing that God asked me to give up, and I'm like, 21 days, oh my goodness. But we're here. It's the end of our fast today, and so I just want to congratulate each and every one of you that have made it here. Uh, this is just an opportunity for us to develop our practices of serving God. This doesn't have to be the last time we fast in 2023, amen? amen. That's right. Okay, so... This is really, really important that if you are just joining us or if you haven't done this yet, head over to lifecenter.org backslash 21 days. And uh, there is a book there called Prayer First uh, that you can dive into. It's really where uh, we've developed this teaching series out of, of our 21 days of prayer and our different prayer focuses. We just want to remind each and every one of us again one more time that fasting is giving up something that we love in a desire that we would more that we would look even more like someone that we love. And so we give up that thing that holds that special place in our hearts that we would look more like Jesus. Fasting it's not twisting God's arm, amen. It's not turn but it's about turning our hearts towards him and I just say once again it's not about how great you were over the fast of 21 days. It's about diving after God's presence. And I think that I can just encourage each and every one that we are seeing God's presence rest in this room because of the fasting that we've engaged upon. Man, what a Sunday we had last week. Whoa! I've watched it like three times. It's been amazing, right? It's just, I, I dove back in and I just, I just want to call us to that reminder of what we've been walking through. Three weeks ago as we started our fast, we uh, talked about and set up this structure of tabernacle prayer. This amazing description of how we can go through how the tabernacle was set up in the Old Testament and pray through each and every element. And then uh, the second week of, of this series, we talked about praying through scripture. How, let's be honest, there's times where it's hard to pray. There's times where things come at us so fast, and I don't know if you're the same, but for me, it's, it's less about what happens to me and more about the times that things are happening to those around me. That's when it becomes hard for me to pray, when I see things taking place in other people's lives. But the second week, we talked about how we can turn to Scripture and turn Scripture into our prayer life. We can dive into Psalms and, and take these beautiful poems, these amazing words, many of them written by King David uh, thousands of years ago. We can turn those into our prayer for the day. Saying, God, I may not feel like praying, but I know that your word is true. And we sang that this morning. I want to encourage you in that. And last week, Lindsay, whoa. Listen, if you missed last week, 
Go back, listen to it. You can catch it on Spotify and all that stuff. It is there. Uh, just amazing. We, we, we walked into warfare prayer last week, and Lindsay led us with such an authority into that scripture. And our host, Paul, just an amazing moment of watching God stir hearts. Church, I am so impressed. The more time that I get to spend with this family, the more impressed I am with who God has called to this place. We are going to watch God do something incredible in this room because there is no reason for him to gather all your beautiful faces and all your special gifts and all the amazing things that he is stirring up in this place that it would be just for us. God is doing something. He is drawing you here specifically for a purpose. And I want to encourage you in that because maybe you're striving and, and hungering for your purpose. Maybe you don't even know why you're here this morning. But God, he knows. He knows your story. He knows why you walked in this morning. He knows why it is that he wants you to plant here and dig in here with this family to watch as gifts are stirred up and as spiritual practices are put in place. <laughs> I had a couple people... I won't name any names, but God bless you, uh, who walked up to me last week and said, you know, about three or four times that service that I had lost my job. And I said, yeah, probably. I mean, it was just an amazing Sunday of watching so many of our congregation work in their gifts. And I honor you, Lindsay. I honor you so much for stepping into that moment. And, and it's so funny, the amount of people that she got up and said, oh, I'm nervous. And people are like, doesn't feel like it, as she just dove into the Word. But church, this is what happens when God comes alive. Amen? This is what happens when God comes alive. We have different members of this congregation that you have been brought here because specifically in your life, God wants you to own an area of His kingdom. That you would walk in authority in that area. For moments like last week when maybe you weren't able to pray or maybe you weren't able to dive in, but you're able to watch and look as one of your family members who has an anointing in prayer says, hey, we're going together. And we're going to need different people to be servants. We're going to need different people to step in and, and pray for healing. We're going to need different people to step in and, and establish hope and ways in this congregation that it's never been established before because that is who God has created you to be. And that's where we need you to run. See, Sundays is practice. Sundays is practice. We come here each and every Sunday in preparation for what God is going to do. I just love the attitude of worship that has been so prevalent here the last couple of weeks as we've dived into these amazing songs. And man, our worship team, did you see the choir up here? Oh my goodness. Listen, they are leading so well, but it's the response of each person. And I just had this sense last week as, uh, as, I, was, as I was worshiping alongside you that it was really worship to God that was taking place. And I want to encourage you that that's why we're here. That Sunday after Sunday, we begin to practice what it means to lay it all down before God. That we begin to practice to say, God, you know what my week or my year or my month or the last decade has looked like. But today, today, it's not about that. With all the people that are gathered here, God, I lay it down before you. 
And all the things that I'm believing for, all the things that I'm hoping for, all the areas that I want you to move, God, that is secondary in this moment to praise and worship before you. Because just like in the Old Testament church, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they stood before the king, as they they refused to worship anyone but God the Father, they stood there and he said, I'm going to throw you in the fire. And they spoke a word to the king that we need to speak over our enemy each and every day. Even if he doesn't show up, he's still my God. And I refuse to bow to anyone else. That's who we are. That's why we come every Sunday. Because through the worship to him, we'll begin to develop these spiritual practices. And and, and there's such a difference for us as as we practice these things, as we dive into this, this belief with God. There's a difference between developing practice and digging into performance. My sons have started hockey this year, and it has been an absolute blast. I used to play hockey all the time growing up. For those of you that can't skate, don't worry. We'll get there. It's fine. All right? We'll go together. But my oldest son, sorry, he's 11 years old, and, and uh, this kid, I mean, just like all of your, your, your children as well, but my son is, like, just specially gifted in the area of, like, things have just, like, come naturally to him. But this year, we joined a hockey team in an organized league, which he had never done before. And he realized very quickly that things were not coming so naturally. He found out on the first day that you can't just skate on the ice wherever you want. There's a little thing called offsides, right? And at this point, at 11, uh, the coaches will literally yell at you from the bench and try to help you, even though you can't hear a thing out there. And I remember him coming off and being like, Dad... I don't know if I'm that good at this hockey thing. And I looked at him and I said, son, that's why we're going to practice. And it was like for the first time in his life, the light bulb went off. Church, we, we need to remember that this thing called spirituality, this thing called life with God, it doesn't always come easy. And it's not about looking around at where everybody else is, but instead it's about developing our spiritual practice. It's about developing a life dedicated to God where we say, Lord Jesus, I am going to commit to these spiritual disciplines each and every day to develop what it is that you've called me to do. See, prayer is most effective in our lives when it is cultivated with specificity. What a word. When it is cultivated, it's one thing to write it, it's another thing to say it, right? And when it's cultivated with specificity, we are called to set aside a specific time, a place, and a purpose where each day we look to God and say, today I will pray and I'm going to do this. God, I don't want you to just be worked into my day. No, God, I want you to have a specific time and place and purpose because he is king and not us. So let's zoom out a little bit and and dive into the story today of Ananias found in uh, Acts chapter 17. Hold on. Acts chapter 9. That's better. I was like, that doesn't sound right. 
Let's just zoom out a little bit and, and take a look at the life of Apostle Paul first before we dive into Ananias. He's coming later. Let's dive into the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17. This is a man who was raised in the Jewish tradition. He was raised to kind of step into the, the highest level of, of Pharisee that we would say, these Jewish leaders. He was dedicated to God, but before Paul was a follower of Christ, he was religiously devoted and engaged. He had already developed these practices, but one day as he was speaking to a man uh, and a group in Athens whom he perceived were as religious uh, but were not yet following Jesus. He shares this gospel in a really interesting way. The good news of Jesus with them, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says something quite profound. So let's read it together today. He says this, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in the temples made by man. Now this would have been sacrilege at the time, right? Speaking to those who don't know Jesus. They looked at the temple as that symbol. We talked about that a few weeks ago, that this was the symbol of, of God with him. He says, no, he, he doesn't live in those temples anymore because when his son died, the veil was torn and his spirit is amongst the world. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, yet having determined a lot of periods in the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring." Chris, Chris Hughes in our prayer book says this, God has put us on the earth at this specific time for a reason. Hallelujah. He says in Acts 17, 26, that he determined when and where we would live. Knowing this, we can look around at those around us at that specific... Knowing this, we can look at those around us at this specific time in history and take personal responsibility to pray. Living in 2023 can be overwhelming at times, yet we need to take comfort in this biblical truth that God created me, created you on purpose, for a purpose, at this specific point in human history. Church, where you live matters. The fact that God is bringing the world to Canada matters. Hello? Oh, you missed it. The fact that God is bringing the world to Canada matters. Amen? That we would be unified. When I told you that this is just practice, Canada is an amazing moment of practice for what heaven is going to look like. In your neighborhood, as you watch, as, as immigrants from around the world begin to come and, and move and, and, and join in our neighborhoods, man, that is what heaven is going to look like. As we praise God in every tongue that has been known on earth, as we stand in as one body called by God, where you live matters. You may be the light that God has planted in your neighborhood. The relationships that you have, they matter. I want to encourage you, church, as we hunger for our purpose, as we hunger for our direction, be mindful that you serve the God whose purpose is greater than you will ever fully understand. 
Our God is unknowable, but he has purpose built into his character and who he has called you into relationship with matters. Every single person that calls you friend, that calls you brother, that calls you sister, that calls you family, have been placed in your life through strategy. What God has spiritually gifted you to do matters. We don't need a room full of preachers. We don't need a room full of prayer warriors. We don't need a room full of worshipers. We don't need a room uh, full of amazing custodians. We don't need a room full of carpenters. But we do need some of all of us to be excellent at all these things that God has called us to. Take that as an encouragement as you look to others who have spiritual gifts and wonder why God isn't working in, in your life in that way. Be reminded of this message in this moment where God says, why would I? I made you different. Stop running after what I'm doing in their lives and why don't you spend more time with me so I can show you who you truly are. And as we saw last week, our obedience and our disobedience as we walk with God, it matters to those around us. Church, stand firm in that solid foundation. Paul is speaking to these, to these Athenians and he says, listen, the way that we live in our neighborhoods, our families, our schools, our workplaces, they all have the potential to stir the hunger of God within those who don't know him yet. The way that we live has this potential to stir the hunger of God in those who don't know him yet. Why? Because just because they don't know him doesn't mean that he's not moving in them. Just because they don't know him doesn't mean that he's not moving in them. Church, there will be moments where as you're journeying in your life with God, you'll say something or move in a way or some phrase, and, and you may not fully understand why your neighbor or your coworker, their eyes kind of bug out of their heads and they shake it off real fast. But it's because the Holy Spirit is speaking into their lives, and he is drawing them to him. See, there's this amazing point of connection that the place that I do heavy lifting about my influences in my prayer practice, that's where it exists. But the problem is that most Christians, we don't have a personal prayer practice. This means that far too many Christians are, are working things out when it's that time for game time, when it's that time for the performance to take place instead of wrestling in the practice that God has called us to. Say that again. It means that too many of us are beginning to wrestle with God when it's time to shine, when the game is on, when the performance is taking place, when the circumstances hit us across the face. That's the moment we go to prayer. But God has called us to practice and prepare for what will come. Developing a personal prayer focus within our spiritual prayer practice is essential to stewarding our influence well. Let's go to the story in Acts chapter 9 where we're dealing with uh, this amazing man of God named Ananias. It says this, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias? And Ananias said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias uh, come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Isn't that incredible? 
church, God can speak to us and send us to these amazing moments of challenge and encouragement here. Ananias is given a specific task. He says, go to this specific building and look for the specific man because I am moving in his life. Hallelujah. But here's the issue. Ananias knew of this person. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So here's the wrestle. Acts 9.13 says this, But Ananias answered, Lord, whoa, (laughs) I have heard from many about this man and how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Ananias wrestles here in prayer and then obediently walks in purpose. Church, can I just challenge you with something this morning? Many of us have loved ones that we'd like to see get saved and come to Jesus and have eternity written on our hearts. But what if God chooses to work in your enemies first? As we're praying and believing for God to enter into these moments where we'll be able to celebrate and and just be so excited about prodigals coming home and different things uh, taking place. What if God chooses to work miraculously in an area that you didn't expect? Have you practiced enough? Are you steadfast enough? Are you on your face enough before God that when he moves, your answer is, wow. You can be like Ananias and say, God, I don't really like that. But to hear him say, I understand, but this is where I'm starting. Will you follow me? Ananias, because he had a life of prayer, hears the call of God and says, okay, God, this isn't what I was praying for. This isn't what I was believing for, but I will follow you wherever you will lead me. He walks in and he prays for this man called Saul, who later would be known as Paul, and Paul becomes the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen. Shipwrecks could not stop him. Poisonous snake bites could not keep him down. Threats on his life. Nothing was too great of an area to suffer in order for the gospel to move forward in the eyes of Paul. But Ananias had to know Jesus in order to respond to him in an area where maybe Ananias wasn't focused at all. In our personal prayer focus, I want to encourage you today, call out your family by name, your friends by name, your co-workers by name, your enemies by name, that God would set the world free. Hallelujah. That God would set the world free. This morning before you go, we have prayer cards that you can receive, and they just have specific areas for you to write things down. But we want to encourage you to set a practice of prayer. This is our celebratory end to our 21 days of fasting. But I want to encourage you to pick a day of the month. Pick a day of the month in February and re-engage in this fast. Amen? Pick a day of the month in March. And let's dive in again to keep God before us. To keep God before us that we can follow wherever he would lead. So how do we pray for them? How do we pray and, and ask God to move? Well, we can pray Acts 17. It says this. Pray that the Holy Spirit would draw each person closer to God. 
Pray that they would have a personal, growing relationship with Jesus. Pray for other followers of Christ to come across their path, that you would be reminded that you are not alone. Pray that God shows you how to make a Jesus-sized difference in the life and purpose and place and time that he's called you to. This morning as we close, Sarah Host is going to remind you that we have uh, prayer people here at the front if you'd like to pray. But I want to encourage people. We're also going to anoint with oil today. And, and, and biblically, the anointing of oil was to set apart, was to sanctify, was to signify that something important was taking place. Like Samuel in the life of David as he was anointed as king. Now, in the Old Testament, they used to just douse you in oil. We're not going to do that. But we would love to anoint your head. We would love to just place a mark on, 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 your, on your head where, where your mind is that God would protect that place this week. That he would work in each and every one of our minds, that our minds would constantly be on him. And that this week that we would set a personal prayer focus. Can we stand together? We're going to go back into song, but I want to encourage you just in these next few moments. Through what God has spoken today, what he has spoken in your life, let's make a commitment before the Lord.